the A to Z of Disease Podcast. Welcome to the A to Z of Disease Podcast. Today with me, Rose Mokonyo. Today, our discussion is about breast cancer surgery, and I'll be talking to Dr. George Orera, a breast cancer surgeon based in Machakos. Dr. Orera has studied in the University of Nairobi and has done his master's at the Aga Khan University, a Koseska Fellow in General Surgery. Now, he has dedicated his life to saving lives through surgery, and he will take us through this discussion. Welcome, Dr. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, what are the telltale signs that one can be developing breast cancer? So, uh, breast cancer most of the time is... Uh, is a difficult diagnosis at its early stage, mostly because it doesn't present with pain. Uh, oftentimes it presents as a lump, a painless lump. And uh, for most ladies, that might uh, be ignored. So that would be one of the telltale signs that could it be breast cancer. The other important thing is any patient who has any family history that I mean uh, anyone in their family line with uh, breast cancer or any malignancy. And especially they notice a lump, either incidentally during a shower or during the time they are you know, checking themselves. They need to be evaluated to be sure it's not breast cancer. So is the lump just the only sign that we have to know that we, one has cancer? That's one of the commoner signs um, and at its early stage. The other uh, signs that could uh, suggest would be nipple inversion. So any change in the, in the shape of the nipple in any lady should warrant further evaluation. Like, uh, do you mean that uh, the nipple goes inside because inversion is going... Okay, I, I think inversion goes the opposite direction or something? So for uh, normal breasts, the nipple is everted. Everted, that means it's outward facing. Now, inversion is when it changes that uh, uh, shape. So basically, it faces inside. So that would be the other uh, sign. Another one would be nipple discharge, and especially in non-lactating, a lady who's not breastfeeding, if they start seeing any discharge of whichever color, sometimes it is blood-stained, sometimes it is non-bloody, if you are out of breastfeeding, say, more than two years and you see nipple discharge, that is also another sign that could it be breast cancer. Now, among these signs that you've mentioned, which one, which one can we name as a red flag symptom? Like a danger sign? Well, a red flag uh, would mean anything that would highly suggest it's breast cancer. Uh, to be honest, any of this would actually suggest it's breast cancer. So, requiring evaluation. Red signs would be, um, say, any lady who comes with a, a breast ulcer, that is a skin breakage, would be a bit suspicious that it could be uh, breast cancer. And most of the time, by the time it gets to that, it's a bit advanced. The other thing that could suggest would be uh, lymphadenopathy, that is lymph nodes at the armpit, we call it the axilla. So any lady who has any axillary lymphadenopathy would want further clarification of the same, whether it's uh, breast cancer. Now let's talk about self-examination. So what's the role of self-examination in this? And can a woman miss out on these symptoms when they are doing self-exam? Well, 
there is no uh, previously it was recommended for for um, every lady to of a reproductive age group and uh, moving forward to do self breast examination it still stands it uh, what it does it actually um, enables any lady to pick early disease which would therefore uh, push them to go for further evaluation what it does it it basically uh, raises uh, heightens awareness of oneself so that one knows themselves so that in case there is a change then you can seek professional uh, or expert opinion over what could have caused that change mm-hmm. yeah so what are they supposed to do once you have done your self examination and you have realized you have an unusual a substance or a lump in your breast what what is the first thing that you need to do so as i've mentioned uh self breast examination helps any lady to know themselves to know how their breasts are and it's best done um facing a mirror so then they can check uh, is, is there any change in size are the nipples okay and when they feel what we call palpation they're able to pick any any lump and most ladies would tell you yes i'm feeling there's something yeah so then if there's nothing and they start feeling something then they would be able to to know there's a change and what they do is advisedly just go to a health um, care provider and uh, specifically surgeons uh, are you know trained to pick such diseases at the early stages and you know further work up and evaluation Now what is your role as a breast cancer surgeon and um, how do you go about this So from the surgical point of view our role is diagnostics that means any patient who comes with uh, suspicious symptoms we are to clinically examine them based uh, based on the history they give us and the examination findings that we pick and uh, evaluate them send them for proper imaging and i say proper because um imaging is not uh it's it's specific that means uh depending on the age one would get an ultrasound or a mammogram or even an mri depending on their risk factors so then after that once the diagnosis has been done the other role from surgical point of view is to uh confirm that with histology we do that by doing biopsies if it if the lump is uh, palpable we able to do palpation guided core needle biopsy however if it's not amenable to ease uh, easy biopsying then we send them to the radiologists who will do uh, ultrasound guided biopsy now depending on the results that come should it uh, indicate cancer then the other role is to stage the patient staging would basically require lots of imaging to rule out distant disease and uh, once that has been ruled out then now the treatment would come in place in which surgery is actually one of the um definitive treatments for breast cancer and uh, talking about surgery now um, what options do you have for the surgery okay so again uh depends on the stage that means the extent of the disease but the common options would be mastectomy and uh, predominantly what is is conducted world over is a modified radical mastectomy 
the other minimally invasive um, uh, rather less aggressive surgery is called uh, breast conservation yeah breast conserving surgery probably you can try and explain uh, what is mastectomy what happens and what is this uh, breast conservation okay so in uh, i'll start with uh, mastectomy mastectomy basically means um the whole breast is taken out uh the skin around it the whole glandular tissue breast is a glandular tissue down to its attachment uh tissue we call fascia and uh, we also remove the axillary lymph nodes because also that's important in terms of curative intent and also for staging so we do remove uh, the breast together with the where it comes from rather the tail going down all the way to the axillary lymph node so that would be for modified radical mastectomy there i have not gone into great details to which level of lymph nodes yeah but basically we go to level 2 lymph nodes that is in the axilla uh when we are talking about breast conserving surgery those are that's a, it's a category of surgery that some patients are actually amenable to and this would be mostly those patients who have early disease um but more importantly the aim of breast conservation surgery is that the woman would preserve her breast and uh, because of the cosmetic uh, nature that the breasts um do to a woman so then the aim of that surgery is to preserve the breast and also to ensure that no tumor has been left in the breast so the technicalities of it would be uh we remove only the tumor with a small rim of normal tissue around it which the pathologists must confirm that there is no tumor around where the the breast has been removed yeah and thereafter which is a critical component of this type of surgery this patients must have radiotherapy yeah so to couple with the just removing of the tumor they must have radiotherapy now you've talked about uh, the mastectomy and of course the aesthetic value of the breast in a woman how can a woman deal with the loss of one breast or both and here probably we also talk about uh, the stigma that comes with this and um what are some of the things that as a doctor you can do to help this woman well uh breast cancer is actually the commonest cancer world over in women and therefore uh this surgery would be one of the commonest surgeries for cancer that is done world over and uh, before we do it it's important we educate the patient on what it entails because it comes with a lot of psychological um trauma even after the operation so in centers that are able to do reconstruction and we are beginning to see more and more even now in Kenya uh that can be done as an option in which after the breast has been uh, removed that was cancerous uh reconstruction can be achieved sometimes it's done in the same setting sometimes it's done a bit later but it's possible and it's 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 one option we are, we we give patients the other option is uh there are patients who are okay with their, their breast having been removed but then they say is there any prosthetic um item that i can put so that i don't feel the discrepancy in terms of their their physique and yes they are there their bras that have been uh, 
you know, uh, put out in the market that help such patients at least uh, ensure their body shape is not affected badly. Okay. Yeah, the other option for reconstruction would be, um, I think I've mentioned you can do it early or a bit later. Yeah, and uh, there are some category of patients, and especially mostly the elderly, who actually don't have so much issues with uh, losing their breasts in terms of stigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do men get breast cancer, and are they really affected like women in terms of... Um, you know, having a mastectomy. Yes, men also have breasts, interestingly, and uh, their breasts also suffer breast cancer. However, it is 100 times less likely for a man to have breast cancer as opposed to the, to the female, basically because the female, their breasts are subject to hormonal changes with their monthly periods. For the men, any breast cancer is always... Um, is always most often a bit advanced because of the small nature of their breasts. And therefore, by the time they feel any problem with their breasts, most likely it has gone beyond the breast tissue. But yes, they suffer the same uh, disease and the treatment is the same for the most of it. Now, what are the chances of a complete cure? Because I, uh, I think three years ago I spoke to a lady that had breast cancer. She went through surgery. Then a few moments later she was told that, uh, although she had been told that it has been completely removed and she had gone through chemo, she was told the other breasts now was starting to get affected. So what are the chances of one getting cured? Okay, so... Um, that's an interesting question and an interesting also example. One, uh, breast cancer is curable at its early stages. Yeah, And uh, we've not gone into the details of the stage. There is uh, stage zero all the way to stage four. So patients who have early disease have a better chance of cure. Yeah, And therefore, a patient who comes with stage zero, which is uh, breast cancer in C2, Having gone through the treatment, which I'll give in brief, their chances of cure are higher than a patient who comes at stage 3 or even stage 4. Stage 4 is where it is advanced. It's gone beyond cure, really. But even then, um, even stage 3 and stage 2 and even stage 1, if it is not treated properly, then the disease could progress. Breast cancer has a very good survival Uh, margin if it is treated properly and the treatment is not just surgery for most before most patients would just think once it is removed that's it every patient who who has breast cancer must be given the opportunity the options for the full range of treatment which is um, surgery if it is amenable to that and there is also hormonal therapy yeah so that's also a key component that uh, patient that patients need to know. There is chemotherapy and there is radiotherapy. Not all these treatments are given on every patient. This is individualized based on the stage, the hormonal status, and sometimes even the age of the patient. So uh, breast cancer is not one disease. It's actually, we call it heterogeneous. That means there are so many diseases that are clumped as breast cancer. And therefore, one patient having breast cancer may not necessarily have the same disease as another one having the same brand of disease.
Yeah, she told me that uh, one of her veins that was that, that runs all the way through the, the through her palms had uh, some malignant cells. So they they were now starting to grow back into the other side of the okay the opposite side of the breast that had been removed. So I don't really understand how it could it could move from the hand all the way to the other side. Uh, challenging and interesting again. I would say uh, what we call bilateral breast cancer is not that common, but it can happen. And such patients should actually be given an opportunity to be done further evaluation in terms of their genetic uh, uh, workup, just to be sure they don't have uh, genetic disease, predisposition to such disease. But yes, it can happen. And um, the key is always to pick it early. There's, there are certain categories of patients who in their family, because of the high incidences of uh, breast cancer, they've even elected to remove their breasts even before they get diseased because they know the chances of the breast getting diseased are higher. Yes, because uh, I was actually going to ask you what happens to a genetic family which has this cancer. Because we know like the case of Angelina Jolie, the actor, she opted to remove her breast because she knows in her family they have cases of breast cancer. So what would be your advice in this? Well, yeah, that's true and uh, it happens. The challenge in our setting in Kenya here is that we are not yet at that level of testing, doing genetic testing, which is important. And especially in our setting, we see more and more patients who are younger, as opposed to the Western populations who's, who see a bit elderly population. So perhaps it's high time we start thinking about doing genetic uh, testing for our population, because say if you have a relative, a first degree relative, that is a person within your nuclear family, getting cancer, then that's a high, especially when they are at the, say, before the age of 40, before the age of 45, 50, those are young patients. And sometimes if that is picked in a family, it can actually help in terms of counseling and in terms of advising and uh, risk stratifying uh, family members, basically to advise them whether they would benefit from what we call prevention or rather preventative measures to abate a future impending problem. So, Dr. is there anything else that you might want to add? Maybe something that I might have left out? Well, I would, what I'll say is uh, breast cancer is pretty common. It's, as I said, it's the commonest uh, cancer in women world over and even in Kenya here. The good news is that it's treatable, it's curable at its early disease. And the catch is um, self-breast examination. And every lady from the age of 40 needs to do yearly mammography as a screening measure. Should we do this, then we'll be able to pick diseases at the early stage and treat our populations early during which it is curable, as opposed to advanced disease, at which point most of the time cure becomes elusive. Well, thank you very much. Um, what I have found very useful in this discussion is the fact that breast cancer is curable only if you take time and uh, you know get to know your status, get to know whether you have it, 
get early treatment, then you are safe. So I think that was a really eye-opening conversation. So thank you very much, Dr. Ari, for taking us through this discussion about breast cancer surgery. I'm sure many women and men alike have benefited from this podcast. Be sure to join us next time, same place, for another exciting conversation on the A to Z of disease. I am Rose Mokonyo. The A to Z of disease podcast.